God. God is not there. Um, he's always there for you. It's, the enemy is coming to kill, steal, and destroy and trying to make you feel. He's going to try to really bombard your emotions. So excited to see each and every one of you today. We have several families that are out of town. I call them saying they're out of town today. My, my daughter that sings on the worship team, she's out of town today. And, uh, and my family is, and some other families have called. And, and so we are so excited. Yes, if you're, if you're uh, a part of Impact Kids, you can go back now. And they will have a wonderful time back there with you. You will so enjoy that. All right, all right, all right. So anyway, <clears throat> today I want to talk to you about, um, I'm telling my message is defeating spiritual warfare. Um, if I would uh, subtitle it, it would maybe be, um, I talk back. You talk to me, I talk back, or I fight back. Okay? Have you ever watched, this is why I can't hear myself hardly, because I haven't got it on my ear yet. Sorry, that big old ear, I don't know how I missed it. Sorry, but thank you for taking care of me with that up there. He just turned me up is what he did. Okay, but if, if you ever watch a boxing match or a UFC fight, and, and you say, this is, he's the champion of the world, whatever, of this UFC champion, chip match with so-and-so, he's a champion, and the number one contender is so-and-so and so-and-so. The number one contender means that that person is next in line and probably the best person fit to beat the champion. And if he beats the champion, he becomes champion, right? And that's how that works. When UFC and boxing or whatever else you, you, you do like that, that's how that works. You have you had the champion and then you have that. Well, in a spiritual world, there ain't but two fighters, good and evil, God and Satan. One of them is in a champion in your life today, and one of them is a contender fighting for the, for the championship. Hopefully today, everybody in this room, hopefully I pray that, that you have God as your Lord and Savior, and your King of kings, the Lord of lords, and he's the champion, and he wears the belt, right? But some people, you know, got to understand that even though you have that in your life, and God is the Lord of your life, and he has a championship belt, the enemy is fighting every single day to take that belt from him. But here's the funny thing. He ain't fighting the God. He's fighting you. For you because here in the spiritual world you choose who's champion because God has already showed Satan that he spanked his butt a long time ago and it's done son it's over it's already it's already concluded and he already knows in the end so he is not going to fight he's not going to fight God for it he already knows he's lost that battle so he's going to fight you so who's the Lord of your who's the champion of your life come on now I need to talk back today amen so 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 who's the contender in your life is it God or is it Satan I'm going to talk today about spiritual warfare. And a lot of people don't talk about spiritual warfare because it comes off kind of weird. And they're like, I don't like to talk about spirits and, and, and that kind of stuff. And I'm, Well, I'm, I'm, going to, I'm going to refer to those today, but I'm going to tell you how to defeat them. Anybody excited about that, right? <laughs> Amen. Well, two-thirds of Christ's enemy was all about the demonic world and demonic uh, spirits. Two-thirds of his ministry. He was all the time casting out demons in sickness and disease. That's demonic. That's not of God. That's of the enemy. The enemy comes to kill, steal, and destroy. And, to set us, and God comes to set us free, right? And so, so two-thirds of his, his whole entire life ministry on earth was about that, about how to overcome that, showing us how to overcome. Ephesians chapter 6, verse 11 through 13 in the Living Bible says, Put on the full armor of God so that you may be able to stand safe against the strategies and tricks of Satan for we are not fighting against people made of flesh and blood okay stop everybody needs to understand that 
In your life, we get mad at people and all that. We're not fighting against flesh and blood. It's not me and you. It, 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 it's, it's the enemy trying to come and divide and conquer. We get so mad and we, we, so much stuff is, well, them. It's them. No, it's not them. It's the enemy trying to use them just like he tried to go through Peter. And, G, and God looked at Peter, but Jesus looked at Peter and says, get behind me, Satan. He wasn't talking to, to Peter. He was talking to Satan that was trying to use Peter. So he says, so we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against persons without bodies. The evil, um, hold on, the evil rulers um, of the unseen world. Those mighty satanic beings and great evil princes of um, darkness um, in this world who rule this world. Because he said who rule this world because Adam and Eve gave, um, were, had dominion over the world and they gave the keys to, to, to Satan and now Satan is a prince in the power of the air, right? We're fighting against huge numbers of wicked spirits in the, in the spirit world. So use every piece of God's armor to resist the uh, enemy whenever he attacks. And when it is all over, you will still be standing. And King James says, when you've done everything you know to do, stand. So stand strong. Put on the full armor of God, the helmet of salvation, the breastplate of righteousness, the shield of faith, the shoes of peace, the belt of truth, and pull out the sword of spirit, which is the word of God, ready to fight the enemy today. Now, to stand, I, I, Donnie McClurkin's, one of my favorite songs of all time is Donnie McClurkin sings a song called Stand. And I love that song. And he says, he says when your friends walk away, what do you do? When, when your family, when all this stuff happens, what do you do? When you've prayed and you cried and you prayed and you cried and you sought God, you've done everything you know to do, what do you do? And the song says, just stand. There was a time in my early ministry when I was going through, through so much and I was just ready to give up ministry and quit. And I would put that song, I would go in my office, shut the door and lock it, and I would put that song on repeat, and literally for about two and a half to three hours, that's all that I would listen to. Just, just renewing my mind. Stand. I'm going to stand. I'm going to stand strong. I'm going to stand tall. And I would just stand, you know. And we got to know that today. That when you've done all you can do, and you, you've read the Bible, you've prayed, you got prayed for, you, you did this and that and the other, you, done you know what? Just stand strong in the power and the might of God. So let's take a really quick look at the demonic lineup. Number one, you got Satan, which was, is, is also called Lucifer. And in Isaiah 14 and um, Ezekiel 38, um, we know that it talks about Satan falling from heaven. But before he fell from heaven, it's talked about him being an archangel that was in charge of worship. Satan loves worship. He, he was leader to worship in heaven. That's why he uses worship, worship today against us. He uses music against us today. You know, if you watch the Grammys, you saw how he does that. It was musical pornography, visually and audibly. You watch some of that stuff, and me and Jenna had a fast-forward through it. I said, I'm not watching this mess. I don't, I'm a man. I don't need to watch this mess. And so we fast-forward through it, and I'm like, no, we're not going to do this. And, and so, so the thing is, he loves to use that music and slide stuff in. And then, well, yeah, but I listen to this. And if you listen to country music, that's fine. I love some country music. But there's some songs that in today's the new, the new music has got so many innuendos. And I didn't realize it until I started looking some of it up. and realized, Oh, that's what that means. Something about a truck. Well, that's not talking about really a truck. But anyway, okay. Implication is Satan wants to come to kill, steal, and destroy. And then demons is the next thing. That's evil spirits. They are extensions of satanic evil desire. They, whenever we talk about not being, op, not being possessed, because just go ahead and be careful, be safe. I want everybody to understand, you are a Christian. You are blood-bought by the blood of Jesus. Satan cannot possess you, so don't worry about that, okay? He can oppress you, though. He can send spiritual demons to try to claw at your mind and kind of oppress you, right? Um, 
but this, so it's, he, he, he works on our emotions. He works on our, our emotions and our thoughts and our desires. And then principalities, they're just demonic spirits that are assigned to a certain area or location or geography, right? You know, you, talk, you hear about different places overseas that have all kind of witchcraft going. That's, spirit, that's, that, that's principalities that are in the area. I've been to Amsterdam, you know, and, and when I was in Amsterdam, I was, I was attacked. And it was a spiritual attack by the enemy. And it was because I was in Amsterdam in a, in a very bad part of town. Um, and so, so that's geographical. Then you have powers, and that just refers to different, that, that just like angels, we have different authority levels of angels in heaven. There's different authorities and levels of demons. Some are stronger than others, right? Um, but here's the, here's the deal. Every demon in hell is unified in one mind and one accord. And that's why the church is having such a hard time conquering the enemy today. Because a unified hell cannot, can, I mean, uh, 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 this, this, I'm sorry. A divided church cannot conquer a unified hell. And the church is divided today. And so we got to get together and unify because they got their mess in order. They are ready to fight. And we got to get ourselves in order to fight as well. So I want you to understand, though, some of y'all are like, oh, that kind of freaks me out a little, scares me a little bit. Listen, the weakest Christian in America that has Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior, the weakest is stronger than Satan himself. Know that. Know that the weakest Christian can look at Satan and say, I bind you in the name of Jesus, and I rebuke you, and he has to flee. Okay? The weakest Christian. So don't get me wrong, thinking about, talking about how powerful they are. They're powerful. The only power they have is what we give them. That's it. If you give them power. Now, here we go. Here's the good part. Let's have church. Um, weapons that we use against spiritual warfare. Number one, <clears throat> speak things and when you pray in the name of Jesus somebody say in the name of Jesus come on say it when you're like you're speaking to the enemy in the name of Jesus right that's a powerful did you feel that when you say that name you can say in the name of pastor duck everybody's gonna look at you like are you are you a fool who are you who's that I don't know uh -uh. I don't run for him you know you know but when you say in the name of Jesus everybody's like what what you know <clears throat> so, so Mark chapter 16 and 17, Jesus said, in my name, you have the power to cast out spirits. In my, you use his name. He gives us the authority. When you, names have authority. If I said, most of you that are older anyway, you know that Mr. Cameron owns a lot of the, 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 the real estate around here. So if I said, oh, that's, that's one of Mr. Cameron's sons. Oh, oh, okay. Because just his name gives his sons the, the son's father gives the son power. Just have his name. If I go into the insurance field where my dad's at and I go into some school systems that he's there, you know, whenever I, when I work with my dad, I would go in and I would say, hey, I'm Doug Falk's son. Oh, oh, hey. They don't even know me. But I had authority because of my father. Jesus gives us his name. Y'all need to share this. This is going to be good today. I'm telling you. God, give me a word. I know it's a word from God. This isn't just something that I just come up with. And I know this is a word of God. And you need to share this and talk about it. So in the name of Jesus. So whenever God the Father gave us his son, and we have the ability to use his son's name. And when we say in the name of Jesus, Satan says, uh-oh. But when we just kind of trying to handle it ourselves and do our own thing, that, that Satan's like, yeah. Do the best you can, buddy. I'm going to whip your butt. But when we come in the name of Jesus, when we submit to God, resist the devil, he has to flee, right? And so we know that it carries name, it carries power. 
Proverbs 18 and 10. In the name of the Lord is a strong the name of the Lord is a strong tower. The righteous person can run into it and be be saved. <clears throat> it's a strong tower. <clears throat> Excuse me. And so the thing is, is we can run to that name, and when we run to that name, we run to the name of Jesus, and we accept the name of Jesus in our heart, it makes us strong. It's a strong tower. And what does a strong tower do? A tower, it has a little a platform up top. It holds you high. He holds you high. He's strong. It's powerful, and he holds you high in his hand, away from the enemy. But why, Pastor Doug? Because lesser authority has to yield to greater authority. And whenever you use that name, you, when we are bought and blood-bought, we are heirs and joint heirs with Jesus Christ. We are brothers and sisters of Christ. So when you say, Jesus is my brother, that speaks, that speaks volumes. When you say, I'm God's son, I'm God's daughter, that speaks volumes. 1 John 4, 4. But you belong to God, my dear children. You have already won a victory over these people because the spirit who lives in you is greater than he who lives in the world. When you have Christ in your life, greater is he that's in you than he who is in the world, the prince and power of the air. You are greater than him. Philippians 2, 9-11. Therefore, God has given Jesus a name above every name, that at the name of Jesus every knee will bow one day, and every tongue one day will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of the God of the Father. The King James says, every knee will bow on the earth and under the earth. Did you get that? And under the earth. Every demon from hell that thinks it has your life, Satan himself one day will bow before the God Almighty, the King of Kings, and say, you are the Lord. They already know it. They're just keeping their mouth shut right now. But one day they're going to have to acknowledge that. All the agnostics... All the atheists will have to say, you are king at the name of Jesus to the glory of the Father. The name of Jesus. It's a name above every name. So the drama in your life, the conflict in your life, the fever, the disease, the sickness, the turmoil, the finances, the depression, the anxiety, the relationship issues, the trials, the tribulation, all those are names. And the name of Jesus is above that name. Whatever you name. But Pastor Doug, how about this? Did you just name something? Jesus, his name above that. But I'm going through, I, I'm, I'm, I have anxiety, that's a name. I have stress, I have, I have this, I have this, this is it. This is a name. That's above that name. I love Tony Evans said, he said, when you look at Jesus, you're looking at God's selfie. I was like, that is the coolest thing I've ever heard. It's like, he said, God took a picture of himself and sent you Jesus. When you look at Jesus, you're seeing God's selfie. He sent himself down. And so that's a picture of God. I just love that. Um, but every knee shall bow. So we should wear his name. We should bear his name. We, we, we should share his name. And we should use the name of Jesus. There's power in the name of Jesus. So when you're battling stuff, you need to pray. You'll hear me all the time when I pray. All the time in, at the end, in Jesus' name. But you'll hear me sometimes when I'm praying with somebody, I'll start off by saying, in the name of Jesus. I'm already letting whatever I'm about to pray about know whose name and whose authority I'm coming to. I'm feeling God up here. Come on, where my, where's my people at? Where are you at? J. Odell wasn't able to be here today. Boy, he'd be shouting me down right now. <clears throat> Second Corinthians 6 and 7. The weapon of our righteousness is in your right hand and your left hand. What do you have? The weapon of your righteousness. What weapons did he give us in the armor of God? The shield of faith and the sword of the Spirit. That's our weapons. We block and we hit. We block. We're fighting the enemy. 
um, Ephesians um, 6 and 4. Put on the breastplate of righteousness to stand against the enemy. You got to have that right. Well, what, okay, okay, what the heck is righteousness? Okay. Right standing with God. That is right. Having a right relationship with God. Having morals and values and living by them. How you live is, is righteousness. You are righteous by that. Righteousness brings character. Righteousness is serving God loud and strong and being proud of it. Living in God's grace through faith. That is all righteousness. Weapon number three. <clears throat> Here we go. Binding and loosing in prayer. You don't even hear about that no more. Your grandma used to bind and loose, right, um, in, in, the, uh, in, in prayer. Um, Matthew 16 and 19. Whatever you bind in earth, in prayer, on earth, will be bound in heaven. Now, it said whatever you bind in prayer will be bound in heaven. And whatever you loose in earth, in prayer, will be loose in heaven. Now, some people think this is permission just to get what I want. I bind you. I bind you, I bind you, because y'all are, hey, that's not, that's not what it's talking about. You don't, get, you don't get to bind people up because you don't like them. You don't get to bind up, somebody said, oh, man. <laughs> oh, man, I got to stop that? I love it. So, so but it's, not, it's, it's not getting to get what you want. You, and, and here's another thing. God said, whatever you bind and loose, you are the one that has to bind and loose. He's not going to do it for you. You have to do it. And it says, he is, whenever you do it, he says, I got your back. When you bind it on earth, I'll bind it in heaven. But you got to have the faith to bind it on earth before I bind it in heaven. You got to have the faith to loose it on earth to, before I loose it in heaven, right? So, so what, is, what, what do you mean the authority? Well, listen, it's like we are ambassadors of Christ. If you are an ambassador for the United States and you live in a foreign country, and you are an ambassador for the United States in that foreign country, and you are the ambassador, what you say goes. And whenever you are in there, you're in the, in the embassy, it's like a little United States, and when you go in there, whatever you say as that person, you are speaking in behalf of the United States to that country. And so that's what's happening with us. You know, that we, we are like, we are ambassadors for Christ. We are speaking for Christ. And so we, God's got our back. And he says, if you bind it, I'll bind it. If you loose it, I'll loose it. So we are ambassadors of Christ, and we can bind the enemy, and the enemy can be bound, and then we can loose, the, loose something, and it can be loosed. So, you know, let's say, for instance, if, if, you, if, you, if you bind fear, you want to loose peace. If you want to bind sickness, you want to loose healing. If I want to bind anxiety, I want to loose joy. See what I'm saying? So you, 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 you bind and loose, and we'll talk more about that in a few minutes. Right before this happened, Peter, um, Jesus said to Peter, upon this, Peter, you are the rock, and upon this rock I will build my church. So he got Peter. Peter was like the pastor, and he says, you're the pastor, and I'm going to build a church around you, on you. And then obviously we know later on, Paul came by, which was the man. He was the big dog. And he became the pastor, and he really built the church, right? But Peter started the church. And so, so um, and when it said that, if you go back, if you go to um, chapter 18 of Matthew, it is, ends up talking about, if two or three agree together in my name, it shall be done. So Jesus got Peter, you're going to get a church, and if two or three of y'all get together in my name, it shall be done. So how much more power, the Word of God says, if one could put 1,000 to flight, two could put 10,000 to flight. 
So let me ask you this right here. So if I can bind and loose, how much more powerful is it when we as a church bind and loose and take authority over stuff in this world, in our community? We need to bind together as a church and say, God, we bind racism. We bind uh, drug addiction. We, we bind whatever. We need to get together as a church and agree. Two or three agree together. He says, oh, when y'all get together, I'll be there. I'll show up every time. That's why it's so important for us to get together and, fo- and not focus on anything else. Number four, <clears throat> avoid the empty house principle. I'm not going to read the whole scripture. I've just got a reference so it's not even on the screen. And, and Matthew chapter 12, verse 44, is talking about where a man was demon-possessed, and he got free from demons, and he didn't do nothing with that. And the demons went, came back. He went into the desert and came back and saw that he hadn't done nothing. He was still clean and clean-swept, and he was vacant. Nobody was there. So he, not only he came back, he came back with seven more demons. So the thing is, is we can't get caught with that. We have to, whenever, whenever we get, when we have sickness, that's why I said a while ago, binding and loosening, you, when you get something out, you want to put something in. When you, when, you, when you bind sickness, you want to put in healing, right? You, when, you, when you get rid of anxiety, you want to put in peace. You want to always put something in behind it. Because when the enemy comes back and sees that you got rid of something that he gave you, um, and God took it away from you, but now he's just... You're, there's nothing going on and you're still vacant and not, and not replacing it with anything God there's nothing of God to push back out that stuff then he's going to try to come back in matter of fact so what do we replace it with Acts said in chapter 2 verse 28 and you have shown me the way of life and you filled me with the joy of your presence so when God when we take the enemy out of our lives and off of our mind whatever then we need to replace it with God's presence and God's presence there is alignment when you are in God's presence, God aligns things back together. And God is, God is a, the greatest chiropractor spiritually. He, he aligns stuff and brings it back together. See, the devil knows your house. And he knows your weaknesses. I can go back to 206 um, Bedford Road East. And um, over there uh, in, in Queens Point, right near where, where Miss Leona lives. And that's where I grew up at. And I can tell you, I can go around the house and say, this room is this, if, and, and right here, and behind this wall, there's a, there's a, 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 a balcony. And then you go over here, it's, it's two levels, so there's three steps down. I know exactly everything about the house. I still remember it. And see, the enemy has run your life so long, he knows you're all your weaknesses. And he knows, he comes around and knocks on that door of lying. Hey, what, hey you, you, want, you want to lie some? I, I, you got the window open for me to maybe help you lie a little bit? Here's a, here's a window. Oh, this one, oh, this was a lust window. Hey, why don't you look at that? Why don't you look at that? The door looks like it's cracked a little bit. You, you want to let me in? Let me let, let me in? You know, this, this, this door. Oh, this window is jealousy. This jealousy and strife. Oh, this one went over here. Judgment. Why don't, it's cracked a little bit. Hey, why don't you judge? You know what I'm saying? So the enemy knows exactly where every one of your weaknesses are. And he's coming at you hard, trying to go to every one of your, 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 your weaknesses and try to exploit them. He knows what your weaknesses are. Um, because he's watched you, he studied you. Now, Rocco, Rocco's not here today. Um, him and, and, and that's, that's Ava's boyfriend. He came to my house and he was pulling up. He, pu- he pulled something out up the other day, and uh, uh, he said, "He says now if I pull those up over there, he said um, you got to replace it with something." I was like, "Well, why?" He said, "Because it's going to leave this big empty space, and it's going to look bad. It's going to be bad, and all kind of everything else is going to grow up in there." And I was just like, man, that's exactly what God is, God is saying here. That if you tear something out, you've got to replace it. There's a spiritual implication of what? That, that, if, that if you pull up the weeds, you've got to plant some flowers. Right? If you take something out, you've got to plant it. 
And so you got to understand that if you're gonna if you're gonna get rid of lying, you got to start putting truth in. Okay, if you're getting rid of fear, you got to put peace in. Weapon number five: <clears throat> focusing on the blood of Jesus and claiming it. Now, some of y'all in the new generation maybe they haven't heard that a lot, but I remember my grandma and my mama when they would pray, "Lord, I pray, Lord, I plead the blood of Jesus." I claim the blood of Jesus, okay? Now, if you are watching online or you're here today and you're, you don't understand, we're not going to bring buckets of blood out and I'm going to sling it all on you, okay? It's not, I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about the fact that Jesus' blood shed on the cross. Because he shed blood and his blood was spotless, we accept that blood over our sin and it cleanses us and purifies us, not, not literally but figuratively, and it cleanses us and purifies us. So when we plead the blood, we're claiming that blood, that very same blood that, 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 that we have. You know, listen, every time you sing about the blood, the name of Jesus, or the cross, you can know that it's always going to be powerful. Anytime, anytime we ever sing up here about the blood, the name, or the cross, it's always a powerful thing. <clears throat> Some of y'all might know that song. What that song? Is it, uh... It reaches to the highest mountain and it flows to the lowest valley. Oh, the blood that gives me strength from day to day, it will never lose his power right and then we go and I'll cher and I'll cherish the old rugged cross till I trophies at last I lay down and I'll cling to the old rugged cross and exchange it some day for a crown now wasn't that powerful now listen what what shows it as powerful is that i stink is at singing and you still enjoyed it that's how powerful it is it don't matter how it sounds I, i'm in the i'm in the shower and i'll just i'm just praying and stuff and all of a sudden for it reaches to the highest mountain and then i get to the very end because it reaches and i'll just sing about the blood because we're and we, why the blood well let me go to exodus chapter 12 verse 13 but the blood on your doorpost will serve as a sign marking the houses where you are staying when i see the blood <laughs> when I see the blood, I will pass over you. The plague of death will not touch you when I strike the land of Egypt. So what, what happened was they would take blood and paint it over their doorpost, and when the death angel came, they were protected. So when you plead the blood, you are praying, and you are getting protection over your life. Revelations 12 and 11. What else happens when you plead the blood of Jesus? Um, 12 11. And they overcame... Through the, they overcame by the blood, through the blood of the Lamb and the word of their testimony. So not only do you have, the, when you plead the blood of Jesus, you have protection. Also, now you have victory. What else happens when you plead the blood of Jesus? Colossians 1 and 20. And through him God reconciled everything to himself. He made peace with everything in heaven and on earth by means of Christ's blood on the cross. 
So not only do you have protection when you plead the blood, you have um, uh, uh, victory when you plead the blood, and you have peace when you plead the blood. Okay? So, so when you do it, you, you, you're just talking, and you're praying, and you say, Father, I just plead the blood of Jesus over my children for protection. God, I plead the blood of Jesus over my husband today so he can walk in victory. God, I plead the blood of Jesus over my life, God, that peace may come. You plead the blood. You're not doing nothing crazy. You're not doing nothing weird. You're claiming the blood that Jesus died on Calvary, and you're applying it to your life and saying, cover me, Father, spiritually with that blood. Let me, let me tell you another way, a little bit for a younger generation on, on, online and in here. If you go to Bojangles, <clears throat> And you, I, I, I want to use Duncan, but they only have one, one window. So you go, you go to Bojangles, and you go to, you talk to somebody, you're talking to somebody, you can't hear what they're saying. They're like, okay, I hate that. What? You, I love messing with them. What'd you say? You know the first thing they're going to say is, can I help you? you know? Or I love, can you wait a minute? And then start, just start ordering. <laughs> can, I, can I help you? Just, sir, could you please wait a minute? Yes, I'd like a number four. Sir, could you please wait a minute? Yes, with fries, please. Just go for It's so funny. Anyway. So the thing is, is so when you go to Bojangles Drive, you talk to this person on the speaker, you go, and he says, okay, I, well, that's, that's what you want, right? That's what I want. Is that complete your order? Yes. Go to the first window and pay for it. You go to the first window. That'll be $9.12. Okay, here you go. Paid. You're paid, in, you're paid in full now. Go to the next window and pick it up. You go to the next window. You've already paid for it, sir. So now you get to, you get, to get it. So I say you leave. Okay. It's the same way with Jesus and the blood. The thing is, is Christ has already died on Calvary, and he died for our sins, and he's already paid the price. So we go to, we go to the first thing, prayer, and say, God, here's what I need. Okay, go to the first window. You go to the first window. Okay, hey, I want to pay you for what I need because I, there has to be a sacrifice. So I want to pay. No, Christ's blood. Jesus already went before you. He's already paid for your bill. You don't owe nothing. Just go to the third window and pick it up. Come on now. Man, y'all ain't helping me today. Some, I hope online somebody's going crazy. So go to that. Yeah, it's already paid for. Just go to, to the next one and pick it up. The blood of Jesus is already paid for your sins. Number six, weapon number six. Praying back and speaking out loud the word of God. Psalms 107 and 20. God sent the word to them, and his very word healed them of all their diseases and delivered them from the enemies. What do you mean, Pastor Doug? This is the word of God. That scripture right there is talking about Jesus. Jesus is the Word. If you go to John 1 and 1, in the beginning was the Word, the Word was with God, and the Word was God. It's not saying the Bible was with Him the whole time. It was saying, in the beginning was Jesus. Jesus was with God, and Jesus was God. He's explaining how they're together and explaining how they're one. Proverbs 5, 6, 21 and 22. Bind the work of telling you around your heart, even tied around your neck so it never leaves you. When you sleep, it will keep you safe, and when you wake up, it will talk with you. And we did, I just went to Israel a couple years ago, and I'm going back in. And uh, matter of fact, there's two or three of us going. Me and um, Jason Norton, and also Kevin's dad is going to go with us, go to Israel. But and when you go there, the Jewish men, when they're when they're praying, they had this little box. It's a literal box on their head, tied around their head. Inside that little tiny box is a bunch of little tiny itty bitty scriptures from from the Torah, and it's in there, and it's symbolizing keeping scripture in your mind. Talking about tying on your hands when you're doing things. And when it says, so if you got scripture in your mind, when you go to sleep, you're more protected than when you don't have scripture. Because the scriptures will protect you. And then when you wake up, it will talk with you. When you need it, you can use it and use the authority that God's given us to use scriptures and overcome. 
Matthew was talking with, uh, in Matthew chapter 4, Jesus was talking with Satan himself um, whenever he, he was talking actually to Satan. Jesus Christ was talking to Satan, and Satan was trying to trip him. Satan tried to trip Jesus, and Jesus said, Satan, what did he say? It is written. Three times. Every time Satan said something, he said, it is written. So what does that mean? We need to look at the enemy and say, Satan, it is written. And the only way you can say it is written is if you read your Bible. So a lot of Christians get defeated today because they don't know how to defeat the enemy. They don't know how to use the blood. They don't know how to use the name. They don't know how to use scripture. They don't know how to use talking back to the enemy. The last one, number seven. Ephesians 6 and 13. And when you've done everything that you know to do, remain standing spiritually. Just keep standing. Hebrews 6 and 15. And because, if you play something for me, uh, and because Abraham patiently endured, he received the promise. Satan wants you to give up. He wants you to quit. The greatest thing that you can do against, against the enemy, your greatest payback against hell is to not give up. Your greatest payback uh, to get back at Satan is because uh, your whole life, all he wants you to do is give up. He don't even, he don't even care if you, if you are, um, serve God. He just wants you to not serve God. Oh, you can, be, you can say you're a Christian, but just don't serve him. Because he knows when you don't serve him, it, be, it there becomes a, become a separation. And then after there's a separation, after a while, then sin, sin will set in. The devil's very patient. One step at a time. Okay. Oh, you, you love God? Okay. I'm just going to work on this prayer time when he don't have time. He's too busy to pray. He's too busy to do this. She's too busy to, to witness. She's too busy to tell her testimony. So, so he, just, he just works a little bit at a time, and there's a separation, and then there's sin separation, and then all of a sudden, you, all of a sudden, you're separated from God. Sin separates you from God. On the cross. All, everywhere, everywhere in the Bible you read, this is good, everywhere in the Bible you read, you always hear about my Father, my Father in heaven. My Father in heaven, from Jesus. And Je Jesus said it all the time. My Father in heaven, everywhere. But on the cross, what did he say? My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Well, why was it always his Father, his relationship, and then all of a sudden, it's my God that's not necessarily a relationship? Because at that point in time, what was he doing? He took the sin of the world on his back. And it separated that relationship. And he went into the grave. And he came back out and restored that relationship. That's why he's my, my father, my father. And then all of a sudden it's my God. Because that sin separates you from God. And I hope you're able to take this today. Take notes. And if you weren't able to take notes today, go home and rewatch this message and take notes. And it should just transform your life. That's what God told me. God said, this is going to transform some people's prayer lives, and they're going to be victory, more in vic walking victory, and they're going to be victor victors and overcomers because they're going to use this, these weapons against warfare, because right now they're like, I don't know what to do. Hey, the enemy's against me. The enemy, bam, bam. Oh, Lord, help me. Jesus, help me. But the thing is, now you have the tools. I have just given you the tools to defeat the enemy. Now you know. Write these down and use them in your daily walk with God. And you will be an overcomer. Praise God. Amen. Please go home and on your way home or once you get home and, and share this and like this and comment on it so other people can hear this.
I just really feel like this is a word from God. And I know it's for us, and I believe it's for, I know it's for you. So it's, it's definitely attached to your friends because they need to hear. More people need to know how to effectively overcome the enemy because we're getting our butts kicked. Christians are because they don't know how to fight. There's no, there's no, there's no good in saying, okay, son, you're in the military. Well, how about boot camp? Nope, you're good. You're, you're in the military now. Just go fight on the front line. What? Well, how about my wife? Nope, no weapons. Just go fight. Do your best. That's how we do. That's how we do. That's why the Word of God says that go and make disciples. Teach them. Love them. Show them. Help them to know how to live right, walk right, talk right every day if you want to see Jesus, my Lord, by and by. Right? So we got to do that. we got to equip people and help them to help them understand how to overcome the enemy. Praise God. Would you bow your head and close your eyes? Would anybody here today say, Pastor Doug, you know, I don't know Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior, but I want to be saved. I want Christ to come in my life. If you're online, you can just raise your hands or you can message us privately. But you, anybody want to say, I just, I just don't know Christ as my Lord and Savior, but I want to be saved. Okay, who, who would say, Pastor Doug, I deal with a lot of spiritual warfare, and, and uh, I'm still a Christian. I still love God. I still serve God. I'm still going to heaven. But I battle spiritual warfare, and sometimes I don't do so well with it. Anybody besides me have their hand up right now? Amen. Every person in here, if you're a Christian. I got both my hands up because I know I don't always deal with it well. Let me pray for you. Father, in the name of Jesus, I pray over my congregation right now. I pray over my family, the family of Kingdom Impact. I pray over them in the name of Jesus, God, that right now that you help them, that you strengthen them, that you bless them, that you encourage them. And I bind the enemy right now from their lives, from their minds, and their families. I bind them up in the name of Jesus, and I loose Holy Spirit to be upon their lives. Because it is written, Father, greater is he that's in me than he that's in the world. And I just praise you for it, God, and I thank you for it. And I know that right now you are touching lives and you are equipping lives and you are helping them right now to overcome. And if they're not already doing it right now in their seat, they can't wait to get home to have some prayer time so they can take authority and take back what the enemy stole from them. Because greater is he that's in you than, than he that's in the world. Hold your chin up. Hold your head back in the name of Jesus. And stand tall. And when you've done all you can do, stand. In Jesus' name. Amen and amen. So when you're going through the valley, keep going. But when you've done all you can do, you can't do nothing else. Everybody's left you. You're going through hell. Stand. But, but what do I do then? wait I prayed I rebuked I took authority I read the scripture I prayed I've done this sometimes you just got to yield to God God I've done everything I can and while I'm waiting I'm going to thank you God I'm waiting I've already prayed I'm now I'm just going to thank you that you're going to do it I'm thanking you God desperately need you so I thank you Father I thank you for your name. I thank you for your son. I thank you for salvation. I thank you for victory. I thank you for peace. I thank you for my family. I thank you for what I do have, God. And thank you that I'm getting back what I lost. God, your will be done, not mine. And I'm just going to stand here, God. I've done everything. I got my, I got my, I got my, 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 my armor on, and now I'm just going to stand and just wait and just deflect until, you, until, until you're able to, to deliver me.
Thank you, Father. In Jesus' name. I pray you go today. So excited you came. So excited for the, for the visitors that we had today, the family that we had today. I pray that you come back and be with us. We need you. You belong here. We want you to be part of our family because we're trying to raise up a kingdom. And I know, you know, with COVID, we don't have as many people. We have people out of town today, but we have a good crowd. I'm thankful for that. But we need more people. We need more people that can help. We need more people that can serve. We need more people that can give and love Jesus. And we need more people that can listen and then go out and share the gospel. There's too, there's too many secret Christians in this world that they hear the gospel on Sunday morning and then they get fat and chubby just listening to it and taking it in and not ever giving anything back out. Okay, I'm about to start preaching again, so let me stop. God bless you. I love you. I adore you. You're a big deal to me, and you're a bigger deal to God. And I thank you so much for being here today. I'm honored to serve you today in the Word.